Welcome to a brand new episode of the ER Podcast, the chronicle of American business and technology. Managers who are leading to growth in business and increased profits by automating those time-consuming tasks that nobody likes doing. It's about building the digital framework to scale unpredictable markets with maximum certainty. There's hundreds of enterprise software products. There's a thousand business stories in every city. Here, we take a look at the forward leaps of clients and industry affiliates of Profit from ERP. This week in ERP, or at least my week in ERP. Hey folks, Gene Hammonds, Director of Profit from ERP, with episode 30 of the ER Podcast. Interesting week, however you look at it. Locally, here in Arizona, Tempe to be specific, the CFO Leadership Council held CFO Leadership Conference West 2023. Thanks to my friends at Oracle NetSuite and Avalara, the tax guys, and so much more, they were able to sneak me into the networking event held poolside at one of the local mountainside Marriott resorts. And fortunately, the season of fall came to the desert three days prior to the event, and it was a great evening under the stars. About a week earlier, it would have been 103 degrees at 7 p.m. in the afternoon, and, and you'd have the smell of roasted CFOs wafting across the desert. But it was great. Good time. Got to talk to a lot of different CFOs from a lot of different companies across the country. I'd say attendance at the conference was in the 200 to 400 range. I know that's wide, but that's just a guess on my part anyway. Um, a lot of the sessions were on technology for finance, using automation and driving better data, and how data-driven organizations had clearer and faster reads on how their specific company was performing in a wildly fluctuating market. Now, it goes without saying, we're dealing with challenging market conditions these days, which makes me wonder why, if it goes without saying, I keep saying it, but it's true. And we're new things are coming out all the time, and we're beginning to see real functionality with AI and finance software. More on that next week. You know, a lot of CFOs tend to report that their staff spends more time on accuracy than analysis, that they're, they're trying to get the numbers straight and everything like that. And the focus here was using automation in several different areas to drive accuracy. Think about it. When you're integrating between one system and another, uh, you bring across a lot of data without any keystrokes. And, and how much more accurate is that? And then you use AI to report the anomalies, and, and the staff can concentrate on analysis and provide real service to the rest of the organization. Or at least that was the theme we were picking up on there. Many of the CFOs there were companies that were already using NetSuite. Um, new numbers are out for NetSuite. There are now over 37,000 companies using the suite. I remember in 2019, it was not that long ago, when they were ecstatic at breaking the 18,000 companies mark. The conventional wisdom at the time was that NetSuite had seen 30% growth year after year, but driving 30% increases on a 10K customer base is a lot easier to achieve than pulling off 30% growth on a base of, say, 18,000 customers. So surely there had to be a ceiling coming soon, except it never got here. And here's a few reasons why. We talk about the Oracle boost. I don't know if you know NetSuite history. Initially, Larry Ellison, Oracle founder and CEO, provided once Oracle employee, now NetSuite founder, CEO, Evan Goldberg. He, he provided initial funding to start cloud-based business software. And Larry owned a good deal of the stock in NetSuite. 
Oracle, for reasons we can talk about in another podcast, wasn't a real big player in cloud technology in the beginning. But as NetSuite grew, as the cloud grew, Oracle could jump way into cloud technology by acquiring NetSuite, which turned out to be really great in a lot of areas. Now, 2019, I remember I was at Suite Success training in Denver, and we'd heard Oracle was driving huge development dollars into the NetSuite platform. I'd been familiar with NetSuite, really. Our client base began to select NetSuite in more ERP selections around 2014. And NetSuite, while they had one world for companies that had divisions all over the country, I mean, all over the world, they were mostly a U.S. product. There were some foreign versions and things like that. But as I walked into the Sweet Success uh, convention in Denver, I met attendees from Japan, Indonesia, Australia, Ireland. Those guys were fun late at night. London, Paris, Germany, Thailand, India, Sri Lanka, I think. And the, that, those are just the ones I, I seem to remember. And that illustrates with the global impact NetSuite was starting to have with foreign ERP providers and, and global markets because Oracle was developing more version-specific episodes of NetSuite to be used in, in other countries, driving new markets globally. So the tremendous success that NetSuite had seen U.S. at stateside started serving a worldwide market. And that's just some of the expansion of NetSuite capabilities and functionalities. We're going to cover more next week. As we're recording this episode, uh, Sweet World is going on in Vegas. And keeping up with everything that's going on there, there's a lot of stuff to report on. But anyway, the, the, the globalization, that kind of turned out to be fortuitous on the part of the ER podcast, our fun little slice of technology reporting here. Since it's hosted the podcast on global platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, it turns out you really never know who's listening. I'm told and people have said that we're a top 10 business consulting podcast in the middle east <laughs> actually i was kind of hoping for coverage of the midwest u.s but okay and you know what in the odd chance i do hear from uh, a potential client in Qatar or belgium or indonesia that's looking for erp help i can always go back to my sweet success classmates and make introductions which is kind of nice nice to help folks out anyway NetSuite represents a good portion of the cloud business that's driving Oracle stock prices these days, so it's been in Oracle's best interest to drive more development in the platform. And we talked about globalization. There's also sizable new feature sets coming in every update. News on that next week, uh, reporting from, from Sweet World. And there's growth in both development and in acquisition. Now, they announced into September that NetSuite had acquired Next Technique. They have a Next Service field service software program. And Next had developed that product as a native NetSuite add-on using the NetSuite toolkit and a super tight integration. And, and that'll only become tighter uh, in, in, in newer releases as it becomes a, just another module within the NetSuite suite of products. In a few months, you won't be able to tell, well, if you ever could, whether you're in Next Service or NetSuite, it's just another tab on the homepage. And it's another data point so that when you do start analyzing your data with AI and, and other new developments there, it's all in the same place. It, 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 it may, makes it work much better. Anyway, before the next technique acquisition, it was Verinia CPQ. CPQ is configure price quote, and it lets you design all the options to a product and create a quote 
based on the amount of materials and the manufacturing costs needed to build it. And these two acquisitions, the acquisitions of Varenia and, and Next Technique, lead us into the world of custom manufacturing, or at least the custom manufacturing clients I've been working with for the last 18 months. Now, custom manufacturing companies, they make one or two of a item that's customizable by either their size, the form, the function, uh, and, and maybe maybe three or five of these, but that's all they're ever going to make of that product and sell it to usually a single customer. Often they're sending out a crew to install and service the project, which is the field service aspect. And CPQ is used to design. And you know, sometimes you can use a CAD system, which is really good for product specs and designs, but not so much at pricing and quotes. But CPQ helps you put all of that together so that you know the costs up front. And then NetSuite can handle the financial buy and sell to the customer as well as manage the back-end supply chain and, and actual manufacturing. And then finally, field service manages the teams and, and, and the days and the times to go install the finished product. It just so happens that I'm working with about four different custom manufacturing companies right now, and I keep hearing the same thing. They have issues with reporting from custom segments, understanding different cost profiles of, of a particular custom manufactured product line as well as managing an overall project. Say, if, if the customer's buying several items at once, you can lose a little money on the big assembly if you make it up on four smaller ones, that, that sort of thing. So I did spend some time with NetSuite Upper Management, and, and there were install teams from NetSuite there, as well as probably 20 other uh, financial software groups. And we got to talk a lot about these particular issues, how they affect um, uh, things going on. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, a lot of the clients that we're working with are using NetSuite. They love it. They've been using it a while. They just seem to be asking for a little bit of optimization to make reporting smoother, that sort of thing. And the conference had all other kinds of related software vendors. So I was discussing some of these issues with FP&A guys, people like Profix and Anaplan and Planful, to get an outside take on, on what was their best way to approach the matter. Oracle, on their part, seems to be dedicated to this market, which is uh, why they were acquiring Next and Verinia. And, you know, I'm not supposed to say what else they're planning. You like the way I said that? Not supposed to say? <laughs> could mean I don't know anything, or it could be I've got some inside scoop I'm not supposed to reveal. Anyway, what it, what it really means is I've been around the ERP software industry long enough to figure out if somebody's buying some tires, they probably have a car or a truck or planning to roll one out soon. No tires or trucks here, but a, a lot of good functionality to add to NetSuite. And those clients, the custom manufacturing guys, it'll be interesting to see what we come up with to help them out. Given some time to sort through all of the options as well as looking, some of the core setups can really define how your end configuration works and, and that type of thing. Still digging into that. Uh, is, it, is, is the help going to come from the projects module or advanced reporting from FP&A or a little save search magic? You never go into these projects thinking that you know everything, but you go in digging into the questions and you work until the answers reveal themselves. And, and that's the best way to do it. But to close out on the CFO conference, I did get to talk to a dozen or so attendees, CFOs from all types of companies, interesting folks. Some were NetSuite users, others were considering NetSuite, along with the Microsoft Dynamics offering, some were running Sage, some Acumatica. I also met with a lot of implementation teams from several enterprise software products. I mentioned that earlier. 
And when we would introduce ourselves as a selection and implementation consulting team, we heard over and over again how having an internal project manager or a system admin that the client company hires to bring in as part of the internal team during their implementation, it can really make the whole process smoother and more successful. I don't have actual numbers, but I I do know that our company has faced a lot more demand in that area of over the past two years than, than we have um, 10 years previous to that. With so much growth like in, in the ERP, like in, in NetSuite user base that we talked about and other ERP products. I mean, when COVID showed up, it really highlighted the limitations of older lumbering ERP systems and companies all over realized that they needed to up their technology game. Good enough just wasn't good enough anymore. And, and while a lot of that hit during COVID, it's still, the market is strong. And like we said, with the growth in, in NetSuite, 18,000 companies pre-COVID to 37,000 companies today, well, good implementation talent is getting stretched pretty thin. The, the consultants that you hire to set up and configure your software and get you live on it, I mean, the consulting ranks just haven't kept up with the level of sales growth. So if you can source the best people, which profit from ERP provides guidance there, these folks are so busy and they're going from account to account. And what we're finding is details get dropped. For example, we had a client that did custom manufacturing. Their customer payment model was to do a 50% deposit to place the order and 50% remaining payment due on product delivery. So they book receipted the deposit and at the same time produced the invoice for the remainder due, sending that to the end customer as a confirmation of the install date. It was more B2C than typical B2B and there was no AR involved. Our implementation consulting team for months would say things like, you go install the product, mark it shipped, and then print the final invoice. And as system administrator, I'd say, wait, 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 wait. We already printed that invoice at purchase when we booked the deposit and then sent it prior to the install. And we get a, oh, oh yeah, from the consultant. And then, of course, that's not such a big deal. But 30 minutes later, we'd be saying that again to another consultant on the team. And those minor details repeated over and over again can lead to the software configuration process just not being set up correctly. It doesn't seem like that big of a deal, right? But bringing in somebody that knows everything about your internal process, bringing in a system administrator, helps keep tab on those sorts of things and helps keep the project going the way it needs to go. It's also a great resource to help your internal team stay on track. They're having to learn new software. They've got to get data scrubbed in time for import. They've got a lot of deadlines to hit. It gives the internal team a first go-to who's technically on staff when they're needing help getting all of these things done for the implementation. And it is, it is quite a load, you know, and, and just knowing, hey, no, that's not how you do it. Go over here. And, and if, if you click over here, you don't have to go through those other steps. All of those little things helps the internal team be more productive, be more efficient, and makes the project go a lot better. Anyway, good news. Very good week. Uh, next week, we take a deep dive into the NetSuite functionalities, the new ones, as we cover the annual NetSuite Suite World Conference from Las Vegas. Uh, huge new AI initiatives, plus better, faster, newer features. Look for it in the next episode of Profit from ERP.
I'm your host, Gene Hammonds, director of a consulting firm called Profit from ERP, which you can find if you're looking for us at www.profitfromerp.com. And we certainly hope you are looking for profit in your current or next ERP, that is. Have a great week. This was another episode of the ER Podcast, documenting the ongoing evolution of profit from ERP with experience from over 450 ERP projects spanning the last two decades. We focus on the changes in technology emerging weekly, all to ensure profit from ERP. For links and downloads from today's podcast, visit ProfitFromERP.com, a production of Rolling Thunder Studios.